When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody needs to know the news, the things going on in the world all around them. Even when we're out of town and we're in Indianapolis, we're still going to bring you the latest and greatest happenings in the world of rock and roll. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast, and you're listening to Geek Wire. Of course, you got me, Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my awesome friend and kick-ass co-host, the man who knows it all. Except for probably this week, we're going to be winging it a little bit. <laughs> Chris Sinzak, how's it going, man? Half in the bag and hung over and uh, have no idea what we're going to talk about. But we'll just pull blabbermouth up and uh, go over some stories. Okay, well, since we're here in Indianapolis, we just got back from walking literally half a block to where Ugly Kid Joe was playing. And we're hanging out, we're watching the sound check. And who wanders up? Ugly Kid Joe fan... Number one, the greatest in the world. I bequeathed the title to him a long time ago. It's classy. Everybody knows him, loves him. What's the metal mic is here? What's the new name of the photography? I almost said voltage junkie. Voltage junkie Mm -hmm. is metal mic's new photography placeholder, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I saw that other one. And formerly the co-host of Off Your Meds podcast. Yeah, if you guys remember that. I'm oh, off our meds. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was off, well, it was off your meds. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> off mine, for sure. And we've also got another guest with us. You know, all the time during the regular episodes, we read the Geeks of the Week every single week, and, you know, we always end it the same way. And as always, the Mooger Fooger in the house with us today. In the flesh. In the flesh, in the house. He's all up in it. He's the Mooger Fooger. We got the ladies hanging out. They'll be periodically rolling their eyes and wondering what the hell we're even talking about or why we're talking about it. As per usual. But yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we're just going to go over some news stories. I actually brought the laptop with me, so I got the birthdays, death days. Oh, you and, do. <laughs> and yeah, they're, it's all pretty incomplete. But, you know, in, in the spirit of making sure you guys are up on things, you know, we can't leave you hanging. We got to do something for you. So we figured let's pull out the Zoom and just shoot the shit with our friends about the latest happenings in rock. So, Chris, what do you got for us? Well, let's start off with some KISS news. That's the easy way to start. Uh, According to Plymouth Live, KISS has canceled its June 3rd concert at the Home Park Stadium in Plymouth, England, due to quote-unquote logistical reasons. The promoter added there were travel and equipment complications. Do we think this is real, or do we think this is code for tickets didn't sell worth a damn, so we cancel it? Hmm... I don't know. I guess you'd have to see what the tickets were selling, you know, how that was going. But, I mean, it is in England. Everything's a logistical problem there. It's not like they got a KISS stage just waiting for them. And nowadays, the stage is the star of the show. You could have, you could have the stage show without the band, and everybody would still cheer. 
You they see them good. explosions. They were great. Well, just hit play on the tape and you can hear Paul's yeah, name. there you go. Watch the explosions, look at the lasers, and enjoy it. But if the main member of the band can't make the trip to England, yeah. what are the rest of them poor guys going to do? Well, <laughs> and I saw that the um, you know they're playing Nashville in October. It's yeah. one of the last shows before the Madison Square Garden shows, and uh, sales have been pretty bad on that too. Which that would be that would probably be a first if it didn't draw well here, because right. even in their lean years they always drew well in Nashville. But it's just like I said, the last time Kiss was in Nashville. You and I went to that. Yeah. And they said, you know, the posters were everywhere. End of the road, last chance. Everyone's saying on the radio, they're saying when they're giving away tickets, it's your last chance, Nashville. You want to win tickets to see Kiss, you better be caller number, whatever, you know. So everybody went to that show, and there was a lot of people at that show. You oh, know, it was packed. It was so remarkable being downtown Nashville and seeing all the people running around in their Kiss t shirts. It's like, wow, this must be what heaven's like, you know. <laughs> And all those people went in thinking that that was going to be their last chance to see Kiss. So look at the percentage. Out of all the people that went to that, how many of them are going, those sons of bitches, you know? I'm not going back to that again. They got my money last time they were here when they told us that was our last chance. Now they're coming back. Fraction of that is going to still go no matter what. Well, I thought it was the last time in uh, 2000 when they played Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, what do you guys think? I think they lost their laptop. That's probably why they <laughs> play England. Um, now they they play. They're they're oversaturating everything, and I don't. I, I expect the sales to be weak, pretty much everywhere on the last American run except the Madison well, Square. Well, I heard saw there's plenty of tickets still available for Madison Square Garden. They're wow. secondary sellers, but they're still available. Probably expensive as hell too. Oh yeah. I don't know, Mike. You don't care. I don't care, man. Is <laughs> that like stunning content? It podcast. just keeps going and going and going. You know? Yeah. When was the last time you saw them live? Uh, nineteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, it was twenty. I guess it was maybe it was twenty nine. Well, but that was the. Uh, Hottest show on Earth tour. They were, they were doing the whole live album. Oh. 2009 or 10. It was when they were supporting Sonic Boom. That was the last show I saw where I still got a little bit of a buzz from it. Yeah. But that show we saw in 2019 in Nashville, it just felt so sterile and scripted and there was just no energy to it. Right. The, yeah. the, the production was great. The stage show was amazing. <laughs> so I love the effects. It was cool. But the band just looked like they were bored out of their mind on stage. Yeah. Going through the motions. Yeah. Last time I seen him before all that was uh, the double tour with them and Aerosmith. 2003. I took my kid when he was really little. And it seemed like, you know, they were, I mean, even though they were trying to pass off Tommy Thayer as Ace Fraley at that time, because they never told nobody. A lot of people at that show were like, Ace, you know, and I'm just shaking my head. You know, I want to tell them, you know, that's not Ace Fraley. <laughs> and uh, so... They had that going on, but I think they had a little more fire, a little more fire to them at that point because they were on tour with Aerosmith, so kind of a, always a competition between those bands. Well, yeah, because Paul and Steven Tyler hate each other. Yeah. And have for decades. Yeah, it goes back a long way. Yeah, so they were they were pushing each other. Although I heard Aerosmith wasn't very good at that on that show. I don't know. I like most people left after Kiss. <laughs> they were playing the honking on the Bobo songs, you know. Well, not just that. Mostly. Yeah. 
I skipped that tour and I skipped the Rock the Nation tour. I was still angry at them for going back yeah. on their word with their farewell tour. I wish I'd gone to Rock the Nation though, because the, the set list looked really cool on that one. I should have gone to that show. That's the other thing about you know doubling up the shows like that, playing Nashville, saying it's the end, coming back one more time, it's really the end this time. It's they're playing the same exact songs as they did at that show. You know they don't never change it up. So you know why would you go? I wouldn't want to go. Even if someone had free tickets, I don't know if I'd go. I'm like it's the same exact thing. Stage is the same. Players are the same. The tapes are the same. The <laughs> song list is the same. Everything's the same. Why? Although I saw online that uh, I don't remember what song it was, but there was one of the songs that well, one of the many that's lip synced. Like Paul went in and redid his lip synced parts to make them sound different. To make them sound a little worse, well, a little well, more to, believable. <laughs> to make, just to make it where it's not the same thing every night. I think the YouTube people have gotten to him because he's like, oh, they're calling me out because wow. I sound the same every night. And people get mad at Motley Crue because they're like, damn it, I guess we'll actually have to play our instruments. Paul Stanley's like, damn it, now i got to go make new tapes. <laughs> what I don't get is why not use some soundboard tapes of isolated vocals from a tour years ago where he sounded amazing, and then you can tune back up again and play in standard key. They're playing in like drop F right now on some of these songs. They'd have done that from the very beginning. I mean, you can't all of a sudden start doing it. I know. Paul Stanley have to go on, you know, Eddie Trunk or whatever, well, not Eddie Trunk or... Some show will be like, yep, I got my, they finally fixed my vocal cords. I'm going to sound amazing from I'll here on. Just be on. honest. Say, I can't sing anymore. I'm going to lip sync, so I might as well just make myself sound great. Yeah. I'll, do, I'll use tracks from 96 or whatever. Yeah. Because <laughs> we all know that he's doing it. It's not right. a secret yeah, anymore. True. Anyway, um, some Van Halen news. Nothing amazing, but Wolfgang, Wolfgang Van Halen has weighed in again on the proposed All-Star Van Halen tribute that still hasn't happened. And he said, somebody brought up, you know, that he did his tribute to his dad at the Foo Fighters, you know, thing for uh, for Taylor. And he, uh, they said, do they think an Eddie Van Halen tribute concert will ever become a reality? And he says, no, no, no. I think with the Foo Fighters, they had a lot less drama in their camp. And unfortunately, with Van Halen, there's many pieces that don't operate as they should, unfortunately. But that's neither here nor there. It's just how reality is, unfortunately, sometimes. So basically, David Lee Ross difficult to work with, and that's no why way. this has not happened yet. Well, I mean, <laughs> you talk about all the different parts, you know. Dave's hard to work with. You know, Alex has been out of the band for years, and Sammy Hagar's an idiot. So, I mean, it's hard to pull all those different things together to make something work. Too many different egos. <laughs> he's still Booger Booger you know, yeah, I'm, just, I'm still reeling from the Sammy Hagar I know right I'm there with you I think it's a moot point now to have a tribute moot. to Eddie Van it's past yeah. it's past now what they should do is something like they did for Taylor Hawkins yeah. just an all star tribute you don't necessarily need to have the whole band there I know Michael Anthony would show up I think Sammy Hagar and Dave would still show up and yeah. just do separate things. They wouldn't be on stage together. But at this point, somebody's just going to have to do it privately on their own. I, no one I don't should think hold you need up. to have one now. No, the time to do it would have been when it was still pretty fresh. Or maybe you do it on an anniversary. Well, I think even Wolfie doing the thing at the Foo Fighters concert, playing his dad's music, I think that's fitting enough. For yeah. But to that point, look how quick Foo Fighters had something put together for Taylor. Yeah. Right. It wasn't a year. 
Yeah. Right? It was months. And it was two huge shows. But they're already a moving machine. You know, Van Halen is like picking something up from the grave and trying to electrocute it back to life. Yeah. Foo Fighters are already rocking. Well, for the whole Van Halen history, did you expect anything to happen quickly because of the Van Halen camp? No. He was too busy making all his videos. Who? Dave. Yeah, well, that's another story. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Um, but no, I like, I don't know, they just, honestly, there's there's probably no band that's worse to their fan base than Van Halen for over the yeah. years. Yeah. Leave them hanging, give them no updates. They just, they were terrible at interaction with their fans. They always have been. Release Van Halen 3. Yeah. I'm just glad we got a different kind of truth because that was a yeah. that was an awesome record. Yeah, that was a good way to go out. A lot of bands don't get to go out on yeah. that good of an album. Uh, Kurt Cobain's Nevermind era smash guitar has sold for $595,000. We were just driving down the road and the Mover Fugger's in the back seat. He goes, holy shit. And we go, what? And he told us that story. Wow. Broken. A smash broken guitar. guitar yeah. For over half a million dollars. That's crazy. It's pretty cool, though. It's good to know that people put value on that kind of stuff. You think Jim Irsay bought it? I think he's already got one that's not he broken. Owns, he owns the guitar from the Smells Like Teen Spirit movie. Yeah. Yeah. He has the greatest collection in the world. Yeah, we should have invited him over here. Let's bring some of your toys with you. Yeah, I'm sure he would have, would have taken us up in a flash. <laughs> Maybe we'll see him at the Ugly Kid Joe show later, bring him back yeah, here well, afterwards. Meet us at Ugly Kid Joe, Jim Mercer. <laughs> and then Josh Jimmy catches one and is like, I'm not friends with you guys anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jason Newstead performed with his Newstead project for the first time in nearly a decade last night in Fort Lauderdale. Nice. We were talking about that on the last Geekware. Is uh, looking at the set list. Heart of Stone, Black Sheep, As the Crow Flies, Creeping Death, Soldier Head, that was a single off the last Newstead record, Whiplash, My Friend of Misery, Jezebel, Stranglehold, Trance, Life's a Dream, Iron Fish, Heroic Dose, I Just Want to Have Something. Is that the Ramones song? I just want to have something to do. I'm just going to take that audio and isolate it, make it sound like you're speaking some kind of weird, different language. <laughs> Burn, uh, Love Me Like a Reptile, the Motorhead song. Oh, that's cool. And We Are the Road Crew. Nice, nice. That's a pretty good set list. Yeah. I want to hear some of this newer stuff, because he said the newest songs he did were kind of Motorhead style, like really yeah. fast. Yeah. So I'd be interested in that. He said if that show went good, he'd consider bringing Newstead back. I hope he does. Who? Newstead. Oh, I thought you, yeah. I thought James bringing Newstead back. That would be No, him bringing the band Newstead back. So I guess um, Bobby Blotzer recently did an interview saying that Rat back in the day always crushed Motley Crue musically. And hmm. people ran with that quote and now he's kind of backtracking and saying that it was blown out of proportion. Because he said, I back then he said, I think they got more press uh, they were associated with movie stars, explicit sex, murders, and shit. So they were always in the magazines. And he says, you know what? They deserve what they got. I don't think they'd want to go toe-to-toe with us, that's for sure. Although music, I mean, talent-wise, I think Rat was a more talented band than Motley Crue. I well, I mean... Tommy was the star of Motley Crue. Yeah, talent yeah. I mean, if you go, like, position... position yeah, if you go position <laughs> by position, you have drums, you got to give it to Motley Crue. Bass... I don't know, I I'll take so. over Nikki Six. Yeah, oh, man, they're both pretty good. Don't back stage in their and all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> guitarist, it's uh, two versus one on 
between Rat, you got Robin Crosby and Warren oh, Martini yeah. versus Mick Mars. I'd, you take, know. I'd take Warren over, over Mick mm. as a player. I don't know. Although and I, then Steven versus Vince in their prime. Who was a better singer? Steven. Not by much, though. Neither of them were great singers. Yeah, but they fit what they did. Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty close, I'd say. I mean, between those two bands and Quiet Riot, those guys got to be considered like the godfathers of the 80s hard rock movement. You know, those that was the spearhead of it. Yeah. I don't know who I'd pick. I think overall, if I had to have one band over the other, discography versus discography, I got to go Molly Crew. I'm thinking more on the Mick versus Warren argument because obviously as a soloist, Warren's a much better player as far yeah. as ability goes. But who wrote more memorable riffs? Mick Mars. Yeah, to Mick, yeah. Well, Mick didn't really write the riffs. It was all coming, being driven from Nicky. But when you think about the tone of Mick Mars, yeah. it's distinctive. You knew that was Mick Mars. When you listen to Rat, it was all kind of just a bass line. They had good songs, but Stephen Piercy didn't do vocal acrobatics. Uh, well, Vince Neil was hitting some off-key high notes, yeah. you know, but at least he was going up and down. And yeah. this is where Stephen is just right in the middle. Yeah, Stephen kind of had the same tone for every song. Yeah, there wasn't a difference. Right. Vince at least would try to go up and down the range. Right. Yeah. But as players, as you were saying, Aaron. Rap were better musicians, hands yeah. down. Minus Tommy Lee, and he's not even a technical drummer, he's just a great sounding drummer. Yeah. Um, but the guitar players, Barry, Mick, with all due respect. All right. But like you said, who wrote more solos you could sing to in your head and you remember them? The Home yeah. Sweet Home solo, forget about it. It's legendary. They'll stick in your head. Yeah. But I can't name a memorable rat solo, really, except Round and Round. Yeah. Although my, what's your favorite rat and riff? Lay it down, it's not. Lay it down. Yeah. I think that's the best riff. Mm, yeah. Lack of communication. Yeah. I like lack of communication too, though. Lack of communication. Yeah, that's got a hell of a hook to it. A lot of rat fans don't like Wake Cool Jr., but I think that I like the, the I think I that too. is amazing. Yeah, I like and the Wake solo cool on Jr. that song is amazing. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, I remember that's that. That's a memorable solo from Warren. Wake Cool Jr. I remember that one pretty Yeah. Because it almost had the like bluesy kind of tinge well, to like, it. Um, I know you're not a power ballad guy, but uh, um, what's wrong with you? Giving I'm yourself, just... giving yourself away from Detonator. <laughs> the solo on that song is, is beautiful, and it's a total blues solo. It's a good song. I don't mind good ballads. There's just not a lot of them. Most of them are just cheesy. That's a good one. <laughs> we gotta do like the best power ballad episode too. We could. We could. We have a dog snoozing. Sadie just turned up her nose at our power ballads talk. Uh, Skid Row has canceled the rest of their Australian tour dates because singer Eric Grunwald has persistent flu-like symptoms. Oh, shit. Yeah. Scary for him because that guy just got yeah, cancer. Right, yeah. He had, he's had a lot of health issues over the years to be able to pull it back together and even get that gig with Skid Row. Hope he's all right. Uh, trying to find some some of these stories are like why? Who cares? Um, well, let's bring let's talk about Ghost because we never talk about that band enough, do we, Mike? 
No. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. Paul Diano, original singer for Iron Maiden, has ripped Ghost for their cover of Phantom of the Opera by saying, quote unquote, it fucking sucks. <laughs> That's what Paul Diano's awesome. <laughs> That's what Billy Hardaway told me today when I asked he him said the same to thing. check it out. No, he wasn't even going to try to. Yeah. He was just like, no, it sucks. I think it's kind of bland myself. I haven't heard it yet, yeah. so I have no opinion. Compared to the original, it's just, I don't know, it's its the... Kind what of about like, We Don't Need Another Hero? I haven't heard that yet either. That yeah. That's great. That's, I don't know. The Tina Turner? Yes. <laughs> but here's what I expect. Beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. But when I think of like a hard rock band <laughs> going to do a cover of an 80s pop song, you always find a way to make that pop song into a rock song yeah you know I just when you sent me that I sent you the cover from uh, the uh, Tales from the Porn the Danger Steve, Zone the Stevie Rochelle album oh, they do Kenny a they do a yeah. cover of the Kenny Loggins song <laughs> Danger Zone but it's rocked out well, that's it, what it's I a good riff to start with yeah. yeah and then they just take it and put some cool guitar to it with an awesome tone now, it's if you awesome could make, if you it's could awesome. make the playing with the boys Kenny Loggins song oh, if you God. could make that sound yeah cool. I don't know about that I don't know if that's possible can't wait to see but, the video but even a song shirt off the <laughs> volleyball band <laughs> Iceman <laughs> Maverick put that body butter on oh boy <laughs> but uh no the ghost cover even to that you know I thought I mean it's cool it's a cool idea to take that song because that song does have potential to be a good heavy song they just don't heavy it up enough for me why? They're ghosts. They're a hard rock band, right? Why don't they rock that stuff a little no. more? Are they poppier than they used to be? Oh, yeah. 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 I'll probably like them more now. Prequel mm. had, had is like mainly ABBA meets <laughs> <laughs> maybe something about hard rock ABBA. Yes. Let's just go there. A thousand percent. Hard rock ABBA. I um, heard some good Lady Gaga songs covered in a metal style. Yeah. It actually works. Yeah. She should really consider doing like a rock or a metal album. I bet it would be good. If she did it the right way and decided, you know, I'm going to write a bunch of songs, I'm going to get some contributors, you know, yeah. any pop artist could really do that, but I can see that with her. Oh, but well, while we're on yeah. that subject, I don't have it listed right here, but I just thought of it. Um, you know, we were talking about the upcoming Dolly Parton. Yeah, album. yeah. Oh. Well, they released the track list, uh, and there's like nine originals on Right, it. yeah, I saw that. And one of the originals has already been released. Yep, I heard it. What'd you think? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I... Be expect. honest. I don't know what I... No, I didn't like it. Okay, I mean, everyone's like, Dolly's a treasure. It's amazing. I'm like, no, no it's not. It it's sucks. not good. It sounds like a country song. It does yeah. not sound like a rock and roll song to me. I mean, it's got some parts in it that are, like, kind of rock. But, I mean, she's Dolly Parton. She doesn't know how to sing like a rock singer. Well, it's got the... the so whatever she does... On it, and it's yeah. Like, which could be just as, like... Any man on my budget, I have Is that a rock song? Yeah, it could be. Lever. It could be in the right yeah, hands. Yeah. Line, <laughs> <laughs> but like everyone, like, you know, Dolly Rolls, this is amazing. Like all over the end, I'm listening to it going, this is not that good. No. It's not even good at all. Nope. I had hopes for that. I Me thought, too. how cool would it be if Dolly Parton came out with like one of the greatest rock albums of all time and it was so good that nobody could deny it? I was like, uh, let's all be honest. Did anybody expect that? Well, no, but that was kind of what no, I was hoping. <laughs> we all knew what she was going to do is being produced by some producer, wanted yeah. to sound rock. 
here, do this song with these special people, and then... Yeah, well, let's do what we think will sell the best. Right. Because at the end of the day, you still are market. You have to market yourself to your own fan base, which with Dolly Parton is huge. But I just want, for once, I want to see a, an artist that on that level of fame just be like, you know, I have enough money. I'm gonna really try to do it the right way. Yeah. But no, she didn't. Do it. I feel like you were also uh, let down by Chris Gaines as well. Then. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I had super high hopes for that. Me too. Do you guys remember Chris Gaines? Yeah, and I remember. Garth Brooks, yeah. hard rock alter ego. I thought, well, this guy is doing a babyface album <laughs> with a bad wig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember watching that on swoop Saturday Night Live when you did it live. The fuck is this? <laughs> that was weird. That was so weird. But that was the same thing too. Where like when that was announced, like that was kind of going to happen. Yeah. I remember thinking, well, he loves Kiss. You know, he's always said what a big Kiss fan he is. This is going to be awesome. And then there ain't nothing awesome about it at all. No. Nobody ever talks about that no more either. There was a rumor years ago that Brooks <clears throat> loved Kiss so much that he owned the Dynasty stage and had it set up in a warehouse. I wow. believe that. But I don't, I've never seen any evidence of it. But that was a rumor that I heard years ago. Man. I wish you were that rich. You're like, what are you doing this weekend? We're going over Chris' warehouse. We're dressing up. We're playing kids. Sit around. Yeah. <laughs> this warehouse has the dynasty stage. This one has the destroyer stage. Yeah. Here's the creature's tank. Although Vinny owns that now, bro. Yeah. He's uh, out there somewhere. Yeah. Um, here's a here's a headline that you'll be like, you'll say next. Uh, Corey Taylor is ready to move on from his feud with Machine Gun Kelly. Oh, thank God. I can finally sleep. Yeah, I had no idea that was still going on. Was that yeah. still going on? Yeah, it was bothering me for a long time. Really? No. Yeah? I wonder what Corey Taylor said. I can't tell it. I'm sleeping better at night now. Yeah. Just reading that. Yeah. Uh, Filter has Our a new album coming out. Our from Machine Gun Kelly. Anybody care about Filter? Filter? No. They had a song, uh, Hey Man, Nice Shot. Yeah. It was a pretty cool song, but I never really heard too much else by him that yeah. really... Yeah. Uh, Voivod has a new record coming out. Yeah, I got them on the list. I haven't got the date on it yet, though. It's called Morgoth Tales. That sounds about right. Voivod, Morgoth. UDO has a new album with Peter Baltus as an official member called Touchdown. Yeah, they're selling it down at the the record store up the street for 200 bucks. Yeah. (laughs) We were at a record store, uh, was it Square Cat? Yes. In Indianapolis. And uh, we went over there looking at records, and they got a UDO album in there, $200. I don't know. I couldn't figure out what was so special about it. It was a newer one, I think. Oh, they had several Accept albums, but every one of them was like 40 to $60. Yeah. And no CDs, so I wasn't interested at all. That's why you should go to Karma Records. Yeah. Yep, we went to Karma. I walked out with a fistful of CDs. Got some LPs out of there. Pretty cool place. You're about to be the king. The king? Yeah. Why? We were just talking about it. That's coming back around. That's the king the is, I'm the king of CDs. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to build a throne out of the jewel cases. <laughs> the ones that are cracked and scratched. <laughs> Aaron's sitting on a million dollars. Yeah, I'll never sell it. My yeah. wife would be like, you need to sell it. We're going under. No! My preciouses. You do another cutout then episode. Yeah? Oh, I got plenty of them. They got their whole own section. Way overdue. Uh-huh. Uh, 
Greta Van Fleet has released a new song. Anyone care about that? Does it sound like Led Zeppelin song? What do you think? Yeah, it's Greta Van Fleet. I don't know. I don't mind it. But I look at it the same way I look at like classic 78. Yeah. You know, I don't, I guess because those guys are young and hip, that they get a lot of good attention for it. But, I mean, they're really just paying tribute to a band that already was writing new songs in the spirit of what if Zeppelin would have wrote this. Right. They, they're for that, it's pretty good. Uh, Doro has a new album called Conquer Us Forever Strong and Proud, and it will include a duet with Rob Halford. Nice, nice. I like me some Doro. That's kind of cool. Some old warlock, heck yeah. Brett Michael says you still got to take the music to the streets and out to the fans. Next. It doesn't Next. really add. <laughs> <laughs> Vetoed by the Mooger Hoover. Jeez. Okay, Brett. That translates to Party Gras tour tickets are not selling. Please yeah. come to the show. Or we'll be out on the streets. Yeah. Well, let's do your uh, segment. Okay. Cover a lot of Let's see. What do we got? So, we're going to do the Camaro segment. I actually got my laptop here. These notes are very, very incomplete because we are on vacation, but we're going to give it our best shot anyway. So, let's start. You making a beer on? Yeah. You want to grab me one, please? Yeah. I wouldn't even edit none of this out. I just leave it raw and live as it is. <laughs> Make it easy. All right, so for the Camaro segment, we always like to look to the present, the past, and the future, and we do that with Rockstar Birthdays, Rockstar Death Days, and thank you for that ice-cold Coors Light right there. Hang on one second. What's that noise? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we both tribute to Ian Motley. That's right. Oh, yeah. Right. And the Kool Aid. <laughs> Delicious. All right, so let's start off with Rockstar Birthdays. On the last one, we went up to May 30th, so we'll kick this one off with June 1st. Happy birthday to Ronnie Wood, longtime guitarist for the Rolling Stones. You guys fans of Ronnie Wood? Yeah. No, don't get into that. Yeah, I like him. <coughs> I, mean, I love the face. Yeah, the face is pretty cool. And a lot of his solo stuff is pretty good. He's 90? like, yeah, he's an old man. He was born in 1947. Yeah. Pretty old. Anybody? 19, if you're born in 1947, how old are you? I'm not doing math. Oh, anybody? 76. Okay, whatever. Nobody wants to do the math. I don't either. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, happy birthday on the 6th. A long-time listener and friend of the show, Tom Cornell. Good dude. Always on the Geeks of the Week. Um, birthday on the 5th to uh, Vane guitarist, Dylana Scott. She was at Rockin' Pod. Pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. Uh, Nico McBrain from Iron Maiden, born way back in 1952 on June 5th. Tom Araya from Slayer, born in 61 on the 6th. Our awesome friend Kevin Williams from the In Obscuria podcast. Friends to us all, I know nice. for sure. We all wish you a happy birthday, my friend. Uh, Mick Box, old timer, 47, was born. Uh, celebrating birthday on the 8th, Uriah Heap. Mm. Long-time guitarist, but you guys love the you guys love the Uriah Heap, don't you? No, a lot of, a lot of heads shaking. Great opening no. for Priest a couple of years ago. They're a pretty good band as far as like going back to the seventies. Never checked out, really. Yeah, pretty good. Um, Paul Diano sings on one of their albums. Yeah, the Abominable Gog or whatever. <laughs> and they don't like with the, the crazy album. cover song either. 
Was no, that, they don't like that ghost cover they song don't, either. Yeah, you're right. He hates ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows that. Uh, happy birthday on the 8th to our awesome friend. Here's another one. Couldn't do Rocket Pod without her, Tracy McAndrew. Yeah. Everybody's got to meet her over the years. The Rocket Pod knows her, loves her. We all wish you a happy birthday, Tracy. You're awesome. Ladies, you want to wish Tracy happy birthday? Happy, happy birthday, Tracy. Love you. Awesome. And then finally, I just want to give a shout-out to my friend Scott Morgan down at the Phonolux, probably the best music store in Nashville. They got all kinds of cool stuff in there. Stop in and say hi to Scott anytime. They're open on the weekends. And, yeah, he'll thank me for sending you to Phonolux. Those are the birthdays. If I missed you, I'm so sorry. I know I did. I know I missed a bunch of people. All right, who did we leave off with last time? Because we looked to the present to wish everybody a happy birthday. So look to the past to the people that we should remember this upcoming week and right about the time you're hearing this. On the, let's see, we ended with Bob Kulik, Mr. Baseball himself, last week. <laughs> um, this week we'll remember on May 31st, passed away back in 2019, Rocky Erickson. Mm. Come on, somebody give me some Rocky Erickson love. Anybody? Mike? Mike? Ghost. He yeah, he covered. Yeah, uh, Ghost covered. Ghost. Yeah, that one. one. All right, that one's a cool cover. Yeah, Ghost did good on that. I don't know how that is. Yeah, because <laughs> that's all you think about is fucking Ghost. Let it go. They're not I don't that think great. About fucking Ghost. <laughs> They're a little overrated. <laughs> <laughs> We're over here talking. He's facing out going, and I can't wait for that new Ghost album. No, I don't know. Not the past. You're thinking about how awesome it was to see Ugly Kid Joe. That, yeah, I'm still ago. have that right here. It's freaking awesome. What do you got there? Oh, you missed it, bro. Mooger Fooger's got a ghost oh, LP. I can see. Look, Look at this. this. Artwork's this. cool. No, that, 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 that can you hate? Great. It's beautiful. No, the artwork's awesome. Is it blue? I have no idea. I haven't opened it. I haven't ordered one yet. No, it's gold. There you go. Right there. That's cool. Yeah, they make good-looking album covers, at least. All right. <laughs> Let's see, who do we else remember? Uh, Dee Dee Ramone passed away back in 2002 on the 5th of June. How did Dee Dee die? Heroin overdose. Really? Man, too old to be doing that shit. Uh, Robin Crosby, got to remember him, passed away way back in 2002 on the 6th. Just mentioned him earlier talking about rat. Yeah. How cool was that guy back in the day? Robin Crosby was the coolest. And then at the end, things weren't so cool for him because he got the HIV. Tragic. Back in the day where you couldn't just take a pill and it went away. Although he also died from a heroin overdose. Yeah, but I think he... A lot of people think he was just doing himself in, though. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I think so. Let's see. Uh, Brett Tuggle on the 19th passed away back in 2022. Yeah. And he played with David Lee Roth. Yeah. A bunch of other stuff, too. Hell of a player. Um, really? You know what? Not too many this time. Good. Not too many. I like that. So there you go. Listen to some Rocky Erickson. I'm telling you, this guy was a hell of a guitar player. He wrote songs about ghosts and demons and aliens and sometimes all in the same song and <laughs> Bloody Hammers in the Attic, one of my wife's personal favorites. <laughs> and uh, yeah, good stuff. Rocky Erickson. Always got time for some Ramones, Rat, man, you got to crank it up. Play some of that old David Lee Roth. 
Um, let's look at albums coming out. This is pretty incomplete too. There's some cool stuff coming out. On the 9th, you've got that awesome uh, deluxe edition you were talking about with Alice Cooper coming out of mm -hmm. Killer and School's Out. Yeah. Man, those sound pretty awesome. Got a bunch of extras. Probably going to get the mm -hmm. Killer one. Like that one they were been releasing live tracks from a show in 72 and it sounds awesome how many extreme fans we got with us today yeah yeah, yeah. everybody except Mike Mike don't like extreme kind of they, really. they got their new album coming out on the 9th it's entitled songs. 6 yeah. it sounded pretty good to me mm -hmm. I ain't got nothing against extreme I actually like some of their uh, I don't know the first album was alright but it was kind of poppy and seemed like it was trying to be what was popular and I like Three Sides to Every Story I think is a pretty great album and uh, what's the other one Waiting for the Punchline yeah. I think that's pretty good too but those were after their popularity I don't know you say their popularity Wayne but theirs never really did because you think that those last albums didn't sell as good as the other ones they still sold a lot right yeah. up to the end and it was really that Gary Sharon was leaving it join Van Halen yeah. was what ended Extreme. Otherwise, Extreme had no... They could have been one of those bands that survived through it all. Yeah. I think they were popular enough. But, you know... So, when, Mooker Fugger, you got something to say? No, I was waving at the dog. Oh, I thought... It's hard to raise your hand, man. No, no. <laughs> it's hard to beat Extreme's corner graffiti because, I mean, more than words, one... Yeah. Super Sonic. Yeah. That's what sold that record. Yeah. The rest of the album is okay. It's the only one I own. Yeah. That one. And then Three Sides of Every Story was a beautiful record, but didn't really produce a hit. Yeah. And Waiting for the Punchline, I thought was amazing. That was yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I think this one, from what I've heard so far, I think I'm going to pick it up. I think it's pretty good. So where do you sit with... Van Halen three and oh, Gary Sharon though like does that does that is it a good Gary Sharon album? It's no, awful. no, no. I think they pushed Gary Sharon too hard to sound like Sammy Hagar, and he's not the Sammy Hagar. He's far better a singer. But the songs, the writing on that record, it, it was just it was bad. it was not cohesive. It no. was disjointed. And it sounded like it. It sounded like an experiment, which is what it was. Yeah, or, hey, we need to hurry up and put out an album like yesterday. Get a singer. I don't even care who. Get them in here, and let's just throw some shit together. Because we, I mean, that's what it sounds well, like to me. There's nothing. There's like Michael Anthony footage. has said that they weren't ever really in the studio together, and that was unlike Van Halen. It was more of an Eddie solo record. Yeah. And produced by Mike Post. Who was known for producing NYPD Blue and TV shows? What the hell? Yeah, like music for TV shows. That was his thing. That's so weird. I didn't it's like. Why would that. you hire him to do a Van Halen record? And that's the other thing my friend Anthony said. He was like, he couldn't get on board with the producer because he was asking different things that they've never been asked to do. Yeah. And I guess left a lot of Michael's bass parts on the cutting room floor, and it, it was really. I bad. think Eddie played a lot on that record. Yeah, it's not good. And they decided it was a good idea for Eddie to sing a song. That's one of the worst things I've ever heard in the catalog. And it's still one of the best songs on the album. <laughs> and they played it live when I saw them on that tour. No. This isn't good. Yeah, I don't know. There's like two-ish good sort of songs There's some there. good song ideas, but they're not really songs. Let's see. Uh, 
yeah, Extreme Six on the ninth, also on the ninth. You know about this? The Phil Lina, Phil Lina Grand Slam box set, yeah. six CDs. What's that all about? I want to order it, but it's too damn expensive. So what's what is Grand Slam? Is that a band he had after? It was the project he was doing after Finn Lindsay before he died. Okay. Um, it was him and a guy named Lawrence Archer, who was a guitarist from Europe that we were writing stuff for it. Have you heard it, it? Now it's known as a Thin Lizzy song, but have you heard the song Dedication? Yeah. That was written for Grand Slam. Okay. And it was demoed with, and what you hear that's put out as Thin Lizzy is they took the Grand Slam demos, isolated Phil's vocals, and then Scott Gore and Brian Downey came in and recorded the, the parts. Played the song, it. yeah. But it's really a Grand Slam song. Huh. And there's a song called 19 that sounds just like Lizzy. It's a, it was a good project, but it, that box set is. A ton of those demos and a lot of live stuff because they went out and would play festival shows, but they never fully put out a released record. Hmm. But yeah, so what I'm passed away before they could. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. And then uh, Lawrence Archer put out. He got the he put the band back together like a year ago and released a record with some of that material. Oh, that's like, cool. Like different players. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, here's another one. The Atlantic Years box set from Rack 5 vinyl plus a whole yeah. bunch more stuff. But you don't get the EP. So no. why put it out? Yeah, you should definitely get the EP. And that record company bought the rights to that EP like two years ago. I wonder so if they're no playing on doing it. Was the EP on Atlantic? It wasn't originally. Right. But Atlantic bought the rights to it two years ago. Yeah. So they have every right to release it. So it's kind of a point That's of a shock. Yeah, because I mean, even for my CD collection, I have every Rat CD, yeah, every studio it. album, except for the first EP. But I don't think there's Where even bonus material on this. I think it's just mm. the records. It's just the records. So if you want to buy repackaged shit you already own, I already own. Go for it. If you've never heard a Rat before, this sounds pretty cool. You might want to give this band a try. Their five vinyl box set might be the place to start. Motley <laughs> Crue did the same thing like a year ago. And that's really about it. That's all I got for my segment. So like I said, you know, wholly unprepared, but, you know, we're here nonetheless. We're excited. We're about to go talk to Ugly Kid Joe here in a little bit. Yeah, I don't have. Um, this is a, I have a public service I need to do. Um, Chad Kroger says that there's been a, quote, softening in hate for Nickelback. It's really nice to not be public enemy number one. To that I say, fuck Nickelback. Oh, <laughs> come on. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you have even said yourself that your hate has softened towards it all, it, Nickelback. It never even was that much hate. It was just a joke. Oh, see, no. <laughs> hey, they're no <laughs> Juice Newton. Well, yeah, it's just, <laughs> the other, the other thing, well that's a given. I mean, I agree with that. I completely blown out of proportion from one fucking episode. <laughs> 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 it's like when you asked the AI what Decimal Geek was, it, I'm surprised it didn't Juice say. Newton, Chris, Chris Sinzak is known mainly for loving Juice yeah. Newton and hating Nickelback. Head of, head of the Juice <laughs> Newton fan club, Chris Sinzak. Was Dusty. And leader of the Nickelback Yeah, you know, I looked group. up just you on there once, like describe Eric. Yeah, you told me it was like I was a video game guy. That, right? but it, it, also, it also said... Aaron Camaro is the founder and operator of the Rock and Pop Expo. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. No, but it said he was, what were you? Uh, it said that I was a bankruptcy attorney. For yeah. <laughs> I was like, huh? So it starts talking about, you know, Chris Sinzak is Desk Geek Podcast, founder of the Rock and Pop Expo. He's also known as 
Was it a business? A bankruptcy. A attorney. bankruptcy attorney. <laughs> Helping people through their bankruptcies. It is known to have helped many people, you know, and he's reading this to me and I'm just laughing, you know, that's funny because it's, you know, on point for a second and then it goes way off. Way yeah. off. So then he puts in mine and it does the same thing, you oh, know. Yeah, yeah, basically yeah. clones are our things and then when it gets to like my part, then it was uh um, voiceover. A voiceover actor who's appeared on and it lists like, like different video games. Yeah, like Disney oh, movies shit. and shit, and yeah, video games and all kinds of stuff. AI is weird, man. Yeah. They ain't got their shit together. They're still they're still infants. Wait till they're full grown adults. It's then we'll fear them. Skynet. Yeah, Skynet's coming. Um, Vince Neil is going to perform at the third annual Big Machine Music City Grand Prix. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, In you Nashville. Guys go to that. No, he ain't going. No. <laughs> this time he ain't going because Vince Neil's going to be there performing. <laughs> um, no, I'd go. What the hell? Why not? Trying to find some. He was fun that time we seen him live, but he took a big break in the middle of the set, disappeared for a while. Terrible, dude. Yeah, he was all. That was at Farm Rock. That's right. You getting excited? Oh, he's. Oh, we're doing a. That's besides the point, there. Uh, audio, audio only unveiling. Wow, it's already a gold record. Looks better than it sounds. No, man. This is an audio well, unveiling maybe. of the new maybe. Ghost album. Yeah, an audio unboxing of yeah. it. Audio <laughs> unboxing. Well, it, it's square. It's square and, and we flat. opened it. And the thing and inside the came out of it. That's made out of paper. And, and inside there's that, there's a circle. <laughs> it's made out of vinyl. That's amazing. It's beautiful. He <laughs> is cool looking. Uh, Reminds me of like an Iron Maiden cover, kinda. It's sort of like Power Slave a little bit. Trying to find one more story to wrap things up. There's really nothing that interesting otherwise, so I think we'll just wrap it up there. Okay, anybody else got anything? Anything to add? We were just up watching Ugly Kid Joe Soundcheck. That was yes. fucking awesome. We were so singing cool. We were singing along to VIP. Not they would cool. get they would get to the part and then we'd jump up and yell, VIP and they were like, That's cool. Oh, so you got to go actually stand in front of them and see? No, we were no, behind no, a fence. No, we were behind a like fence. Stalkers. Yeah, yeah, we were out there. There was a couple other. We weren't the only ones. There was a couple other kids over there with yeah. uh, Ugly Kid Joe T-shirts on. Well, I'm just hoping when we get over there in an hour and a half, they don't say you're not on the list. I mean, I was assured we are. Yeah. But we'll see what happens when we get over there. It's always a crapshoot when you interview bands. So yeah. Oh man. Yeah, I go. But Ugly Kid Joe will be pissed. They'll be like, "Where the hell is Decibel Geek? They were supposed to be here." Yeah. But yeah. But looking forward to that. Um, sorry, this is not like the most professional episode ever, but uh, still fun. Gives you something to listen to. And yeah. Kind of a fly on the wall thing here. Heck yeah! Gotta love this old Zoom. It does what it's supposed to do. So there you have it. Now you're up to date on everything in the world of hard rock and heavy metal. Just take the time to share it, retweet it, and give us some love. Follow us on Facebook. Got to give some love to Pantheon Podcast, man. They're always got they always got our backs. You know, they bring this show to you for free. They make it easy for us. <clears throat> to bring you the best that we can bring you. So we always thank Pantheon for that. Least you can give them is a follow on Facebook or a, you know check them out on the Twitter, whatever. Keep up with Pantheon because they got a bunch of great podcasts over there that you could discover. Um, other than that, yeah, hopefully the next episode is our interview with Ugly Kid Joe and then probably our afterthoughts of the show afterwards, maybe yeah. tacked on to the end, I thought would be pretty cool. So, yeah, we got to get out of here. We got a lot of rocking to do tonight, and so we shall return. This has been GeekWire. We'll see you next time. See ya. Peace. About to explode.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.